Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A lot of people don't understand that. But if you look at his analytics on him, there's four players in the history of the NBA. Larry Bird, Dirk Nowitzki, Kawhi Leonard, and KD. Uh, small forwards I'm talking about right. has been a 90-50-40 player right. in the history of the NBA. There's only four, and nobody talks about Tobias. Right, right. And when I bring it up to them, oh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> so my question has always been, nobody can give me an answer. Why is he not utilized in their – why is he not a priority in their offense? Uh, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Oh, you got to ride for your kids, man. Yeah, you do. You also you don't have to lie, but you, you can ride. <laughs> this is a joke, quite frankly. I mean, that, that man literally tried to put Tobias Harris and Larry Bird in the same sentence. L- well, he literally. Said the, he said the name. Yeah, yeah, he put them in the same conversation. Last night, I don't know if Larry Bird ever did this, but last night, Tobias Harris, 30 minutes, 5 of 19 shooting, 2 of 7 from 3, 0 assists, 0 blocks, 0 steals, a minus 20. Uh, he, he's always been overpaid. That was like a P.J. Tucker type situation. Yeah. But now he's bad. I mean, they got to stop playing him as many minutes as they do. And, Hugh, I need to start something. You know that you go into, like, a, a place of business and they have that sign-up, like it's been so many days since the last accident? Yeah. It's like a, it, it reminds you of the the time, right? They're counting up. I want to count down. A little countdown here, okay? To, to, to crumble cookie being out of here? Yeah, he has 123 days left in his contract, and I'm counting every single day down till it's over. I think it's safe to say he probably won't be here. But I, I will say this. I, if I'm not mistaken, his, his, his demise started after he came back from injury, and then he was sick, and then it's kind of been just a, a steady spiral. Yeah, he makes $40 so he million. Might, yeah, he might not be right. Yeah, I, and I, if he's ill, that's one thing. But he's just not a good player. I mean, the Sixers last night, they lose 117-99 in Boston. They were big underdogs. They cut it to two with, like, in late in the second, fourth quarter, like eight minutes ago, they cut it to two, and I was like, maybe, and then it uh, didn't work out. So Sixers lose again last night. It's going to be tough sledding until Joel gets back, if he gets back, or whenever that is. Here's the latest from Woj on Joel Embiid's timeline. Probably about a week away from him getting, uh, from getting an update on a timeline with right. him. But I think there's still optimism in Philly uh, that, that we will see Joel Embiid again this season. A week away from an update on a timeline sounds like the most Sixers injury thing ever. He did expound a little he bit uh, and say late March. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's about in line with what we're he's still He's still in the realm of coming back before the play. I mean, he's still, oh, yeah. he's still in a sweet spot. So I guess you just have to see how the rehab is going, you know, and how he's responding to, to whatever procedure they did on him. Yeah, and the more that he misses, the more likely it is that he's coming back for a play-in. They're going to be in the play-in. Yeah. Right now, the Sixers are the sixth seed after losing last night, and they're a half game up on the eighth seed. I think it's very realistic that they're going to be in a seven or eight spot when Joel Embiid comes back. Hopefully he can because uh, they really, really struggle with Adam, especially with Tobias playing like this. All right, 215-592-9494. Back to the phones here on all things off of the press conference yesterday. 
Do you want the Eagles to go all in on free agency? I do. I mean, Howie referenced yesterday the idea that, hey, they've got extra money to spend. They're going to bring in good people. But he also mentioned those young players. Hugh wants to play the young guys, Let and I say, Let the young kids play, man. No, no. They could play small roles, m- limited snaps. Go get me some established big-time players on the defensive side. And then Hassan Reddick, do you expect me back? Your gut feeling here. Yesterday, they didn't sound too optimistic. Let's Not go to Ken in Cinnamon. Hey, Ken. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today? What's up, Ken? Hey, Ken. What's Good up? Afternoon or morning. I like that crumble cookie. You, I, I, I like that. That's a, I hadn't heard that before. It's a good nickname. Oh, no, oh my God. He gave it's himself, awful. He gave himself the nickname Crumble Cookie. What did he well, say? Because he, he said casual Sixers tra- fans would trade, trade him. for a Crumble Cookie. You yeah. did. I mean, that's what he said, but you're the one that gave him the nickname. Yeah. No, because it's, it, I think it's funny that he, he compared himself to a Crumble Cookie. No, I'm the only one. No, I think, funny. I think it's funny. I think it's funny too. Like, you know what I, mean? I think it's funny too, Hugh. <laughs> well, I was going to make a joke about crumble cookies being, you know, overpriced, but I'll, I'll let that be. Go yeah, ahead, they, Ken. They already struggling as it is. They have their own. So, I, I want to answer the questions that that people keep asking about why Nick Sirianni's still here. It's really pretty simple. Nick Sirianni's still here because Nick Sirianni wins football games. So, he he has the best record of any head coach in the history of the franchise over his first three years as the head coach of the team. And here's what you don't get to do. You don't get to say Nick Sirianni had nothing to do with any of these wins and is solely responsible for all of these losses. You don't get to do that. The guy's record is his record, which means the wins are his and the losses are his, and he's the most successful head coach in, in, his, in his first three years as the head coach of the franchise. That's why he's back. Now, when Nick Sirianni is inevitably gone, and he's going to be inevitably gone because head coaches get hired to get fired in the NFL, so it could be 10 years from now, as, as long as Jeffrey Lurie's still running the team, uh, I think what we need to do is they need to put each head coaching candidate through a mock press conference. And whoever does the best press conference is who they should hire. Because we get so wrapped up about press conferences in this city that, that that's obviously more important than whether or not you put winning teams on a field every year. And all the guy does is win football games. That's why he's still here. I hope that clears it up. Well, I think that partially explains it. But don't you think, Ken, the Eagles win football games, not Nick Sirianni? He's a part of it, right? He, and I, I, would, I would say a large part. He's the head coach. He sets the agenda. But he's not the only reason they're winning. That He's had a lot of good players here since he got here. Well, of course, it's, a, it's an organization. There's a reason why, and I'm going to bring this up again just because he was on the air. There's a reason why you look at, by, by franchise, the last quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards in a New York Jets uniform was Joe Namath. There's a reason why the Jets are the Jets and the Eagles are the Eagles, and, and it's an organizational thing. But part of that is Jeffrey Lurie has proven himself since day one to be really astute at identifying head coaching candidates who become successful head coaches that really weren't on anybody else's radar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and when, when Nick Sirianna had his introductory press conference, which was, if my recollection serves me correctly, which was over like Zoom or something like it that. It was, it was, yep. Everybody, every, so he, he sounded like a, a babbling idiot. And, and so everybody's first response to that was, oh, this guy's a disaster. And, of course, well, you know, he's he's not a disaster. So can, I, can, can I ask we, you a question? We don't know. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, I think you're, you're really trying to diminish the, the press conference part of it. Uh, do you feel comfortable with the explanation that was given us for the demise of the team at the end of this year? 
Do you feel comfortable with the explanation that has been given us so far? So, so here's the way I'll answer that so, question, so Sue. Yes, or you, um, it's it's about what your expectations are going into it. Okay, so, Ken, but I, I, didn't, I, 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 I didn't I didn't ask that, Ken. I asked you, were you comfortable with the explanation given to us by the head coach at the end? Of, how did the season ended? I don't have any expectation that they're going to pull back the curtain for me in a press conference. So I got what I expected. Mm. Um, I, you know, as long as my, my comfort so, level is going to come from, if I'm comfortable, let me finish. My comfort level is going to come from whether or not I feel comfortable that they internally have identified what happened at the end of the season last year. So you're comfortable and, and, with the way that he handled the press conference yesterday by, by talking about stuff that, and he really didn't, he didn't, he didn't solidify anything for you. So you were comfortable with that. Last time I checked, there's never been a game won or lost in a press conference. No, but what, so I'm, really what, I, what I'm trying point. to – Well, I'm I think trying. he's comfortable because he does, it doesn't matter what he says to Ken. No, I don't but, care. but, but yeah. Ken, my, my, my question care. is this. My, my question to you is this. There is still – like, to your point, yeah, they didn't answer all the questions that we needed to know, but there's still something fundamentally wrong with this locker room. And he's the guy that sets the culture. Like, I know he's won a lot of games, but you can't deny the fact that the head coaches that he, the, the coaches that he had last year, the coordinators that he had last year, there was a disconnect somewhere where there was allowed it was allowed to go out there. That defense was allowed to go out there and play the way that they did every weekend, and there was no accountability from the guy that sets the culture, like the guy that has sure. told us in in press conferences that he sets the culture. You you're okay with that just because he wins football games, but he can't when 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 stuff hits the fan. He can't get it back, pull it back together. So you're comfortable with well, that? If they don't have a good, if they don't have enough good players on defense, then you know you can hold people accountable all day long. It's not like you can just go find 22 more guys to put out there and play defense Ken, next week because these Ken. 22 stink. Well, that's I, true. Ken, I, I, I will see because I think this is the thing that we're, we're we're stuck on. I'll give you all day that this defense wasn't talented. Not I'll enough. give you that not all enough. day. Yeah, that wasn't talented. But. The game plan was not implemented not one time in the six-game stretch they had. They looked lost out there. Whose fault is that? And he's the guy that oh, sets the, the culture. The, the, last six, the last six games in particular, I, have, I, I agree with you 100%. They didn't look like they even knew which direction. Like, and that's the, thing, that's the thing, Ken. Like, and, I, and I like Coach Sirianni too, but, man, when I see the same thing happening week in and week out, Somebody needs to be held yeah. accountable. Well, for they that. held the coordinators accountable. Ken, we appreciate that. I mean, that's that's it, right? It wasn't Sirianni that held held, held accountable. It was the coordinators. It yeah, was Patricia and, and, Desai, and and obviously their side. It was and you can't and to his Brian point, Johnson. you can't. Ken, you you you're right. You can't take away what Coach Sirianni brought to the table when he got here. But I can't question what what the hell were you doing when all this was happening week in and week out. If I'm answering the question of why he's still here, I think the Eagles are choosing to view the end of the season as an aberration. Now, maybe they're wrong. I mean, this mm-hmm. this could continue into next year, but I think I think they're looking at it the way Ken is, which is overall, he's 34 and 17. He has led a team to a Super Bowl. Like, that's big picture. I get Ken's perspective. I think a lot of national people probably have that perspective. A lot of us, other than Ken, feel like, no, this is this got, went bad, and we're afraid it's going to stay bad. I'll just point this out about his winning percentage, though. That can't keep his job forever. Let me ask you guys this. If the Eagles go 8-9 and nine next season, do you think Sirianni's the coach in 2025? I don't think so. Kyle, if the Eagles go 8-9 and nine next year, is Sirianni the head coach a year from now? Barring, like, major injury to lane. top play, you know, like the quarterback, something like that. Like, Hurst everybody's plays, healthy. Hurst plays at least 16. 8-9, yeah. I would 
I would have to guess that he's out. Okay. He would then still have the highest winning percentage in Eagles history if you add eight and nine on his record next year. Like, that doesn't mean you stay forever. Like, the Eagles have had a lot of coaches that have stayed a long time, and their their record eventually kind of went back to the middle. I'm just saying, a 14-3 and three year in three or four years is going to boost your winning percentage so high that you're going to have a high winning percentage. No yeah. matter what, unless the Eagles go 3-14 and 14 next year, which they're not going to do, Sirianni, by the end of next season, is going to have a high winning percentage as an Eagles coach. That doesn't mean he gets to stay. Yeah, if they have a tough totally, year next year, I, I, I totally agree with that. And and it's not. I, I think that if this offense gets going in the right direction, like let's be honest, there are going to be questions of who was the, who was the orchestrator, Kellen Moore. Like like seriously. Well, because there'll be two. Like when Sirianni was more in charge, it wasn't good. When Steichen was or Moore was. Was and good. that's going to be a question that that's going to be asked. And again, I, I I think that when you talk about some of the stuff that happened in this locker room, that that's going to be, especially when you have stories still coming out, that might that might poten- potentially be, still be an issue. Yeah, it once could we get be. To the season. Let's go to. Uh, oh, we got Cowboy Jim here. What does he got to uh, say yeah, for himself? Yeah. I've talked to him a little bit. Cowboy Jim, what's up? Well, I I feel sorry, guys, um, for you got for all of you. Um, the offense looks bad. And what did you say about the defense? Unwatchable. It was. Um, it was. Uh, well, maybe maybe the Phillies will win a spring training game today. Maybe you'll feel better with with that today. Hopefully. What have I done to deserve this? Don't you have your own issues to worry about? You got to pay sixty million dollars to a quarterback in his thirties. You got you got your own stuff to worry about, Cowboy Jim. Joe, this is why you're my fourth favorite host. You tell it the way it is. So if the Eagles go 8-9, is that with Hassan Reddick or without Hassan Reddick? Which, which is it? Yeah, right now I think they're going 8-9 as if as today the roster is with or without him. So, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. they they got to get a lot more players here, Jim. They're not good enough right now. I know that. Uh, exactly. And that's why I'm okay with Dak staying. I'm okay because they're going to win the East. Well, I don't know about that. We, we know but, it. No one wins the East in back-to-back years. Those are the rules, uh, Jim. And you I'm know with, that. I, hey, Stop. Stop, Kyle. Stop. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm retiring uh, Nikki Kotite as name. Uh, I'm moving it to Herb Sirianni. So who needs to be cut off? Herb or Sirianni? You want to play with me? <laughs> who would be a better head coach right now, Herb or Sirianni? Are you asking me? Yeah. Come on, man. Stop it. Herb. That sounds like so. a Herb. <laughs> and you? No, I'm going to go with Coach Sirianni. Can you imagine Hugh as, as a coach? Can you imagine Hugh as a coach? He doesn't listen to his, his significant other. He doesn't listen to his coaches, so he's not going to listen to you guys if you're asking him questions. He's just going to not listen at all. No, I'm gonna be Does defensive. she do anything for us? I'm going to be defensive. <laughs> <laughs> paying that guy for <laughs> I mean, what are we paying for? <laughs> and who was that guy? Who was the guy that called in and said, oh, Jalen needs more time? He has the best offensive line. What does he need more time for? He still can't find a receiver, and he, and he can't read a defense. Well, I would Why? actually argue, and, and Jim, we appreciate it. I, I would argue Jalen needs less time. He needs to hold the ball for less time. Holding the ball for longer is not actually leading to anything good. He holds the ball too long. Probably be, need to be a little bit more decisive yeah. with his decision. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I, feel, I still feel like our quarterback can be better. I, 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 oh, I don't, he better not, be. Well, I, I mean, that goes without saying, but I'm saying that I feel like this year was a minor setback for him, but he's he's uh, poised for a major come up. I think that's what's going to happen this year. You ever see highlights pop up of him running either last year in 2022 or 2021? Oh yeah, that's part part of the decisiveness is like when he didn't see someone open, he would just run and it'd be seven or eight or nine or ten yards or more. Like I go back to that Packers game in 2022. It was Thanksgiving weekend, Sunday night football. He ran for 100 yards in the first quarter. 
This year, I mean, he could have ran for three games to get 100 yards. You know, he had they had 180 or 70-something yard game against the Rams, but after that, he didn't run. He looked uh, a little banged up, a little banged up. So, you since uh, you and Cowboy Jim's back and forth there, got me thinking. Uh-huh. I'm going to throw a take at you here. Well, let's hear it. If the Eagles did nothing, just retained their entire roster from last season, but went into the season with Vic Fangio and Kellen Moore, they still win 11 games next season. So you think this team right now into the season is an 11-win team? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. They just won 11 games with worse coaches. I don't, like <laughs> Now they're going to have better coaches. So yes, I think the same roster with better coaching, I, I think 11 is... Is short. So I I understand your perspective. I do this, think the schedule is going to be a little harder next year. Really? The divisions they're going to play. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little Nine road games versus nine home games I don't this think it year. could get harder than it was this year. They played seven teams that finished with the bottom ten record. Dude, that stretched. The, hold on. We had to go. We did. What was this, the gauntlet we talked about? Well, we're not going to find a tougher uh, gauntlet than that. So Dolphins, they, Seattle, Chiefs on the road. I agree. The, Dallas, Niners, Seattle. Yeah, it's not yeah. happening. The Eagles had, I would say, a... Uh, a schedule that had two extremes to it. They played seven teams that finished with bottom ten records. Bad teams. And then they did play, like you're saying, six or seven, yeah. whatever the number was, uh, a gauntlet. Next year feels to me just – and we don't know yet. we got to see it. But right. I feel like they're going to play more teams that are all about even for the whole season. Well, So maybe, I, without knowing what other teams are going to you know, step up or, or fall back. But I think what also made last year's schedule harder was – how it was condensed, how it was laid out, the travel totally. stuff. Like I don't think they're ever going to get one that's that hard again. You may be right. Um, you may be right on that. I, I look at it like this. They're going to play the Bengals next year. They're going to play the Ravens next year. I mean, those, those are probably going to be two top teams. They're going to play the Browns next year, which has a great defense. They play the whole they're AFC North. The AFC yeah. North, they all finish 500 or better. Yeah, they, thought, they, got, they got their thigh out in the North. They get the Rams, Packers, and Jags, all playoff teams from this past year. I, th- I think the schedule's challenging for next season. All right, 215-592-9494. Let's hit a quick uh, midweek, mid-show, non-sports take here, Kyle, before we go back to the phone lines. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So I started watching some comedy specials on uh, and like old older ones, Hugh. Older comedic comedians. What you got? Well, I was watching a. I watched an old Richard Pryor one. I was about I, to say Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't watched one of those recently. I watched a Chris Rock, one of his newer ones he did, yeah. and then I watched a Martin Short, Steve Martin, a do like a duo thing. Yeah. So, and I thought about it. Old comedians are so much funnier than new younger comedians, and I guess the reason is probably just because the new ones are just afraid of making jokes, because you don't want to get canceled. You have to like dance around everything. Yeah. And I was and I was watching different time. I get that. And as I watched some of the old stuff, and I used to watch a lot of George Carlin. The, the thing is, they George were Carlin was a genius. They were saying things that you couldn't say now, right? It was yes. different time. But the whole audience was into it. Like everyone just appreciated comedy. I like, new comedy is just not any good. Well, sometimes like it was a comedian uh, a couple weeks ago. He got in trouble for some stuff that he was saying. On was he on SNL time. this past weekend? That guy? No, that that guy. Shane Gillis. It's from yeah. here. 
He's an Eagles fan. Yeah, but was big, he the one time. that got in trouble? Or well, I, he had some. Well, this weekend he did. Oh, he he, he got off. in trouble. Oh, See, I, I didn't know that. I didn't watch this weekend, but I, I, didn't, right. I didn't watch it. I know a lot of lot of Eagles fans were excited because he was on. I didn't know he got into some trouble for some things that he said. I didn't know that. I just think everything, the society, it's just comedy doesn't work anymore. Super sensitive. You can't really be a good comedian anymore. Oh, the old ones are so much funnier. Yeah, I mean, it was a, like some like Eddie Murphy Raw, still a banger. <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle, some I of the stuff Dave that Chappelle, Dave Chappelle man. stuff he does now, he he just does it to trigger people. I, like, because he goes in. He, he still he goes does. In. I'm a believer that everything tends to get better, whether it be music or technology, but, like, com- comedy feels like one thing that cannot get better, can only go worse. Yeah, because if you, you you tell the wrong joke to the wrong group, then, yeah, you probably be looking for a job somewhere. You, and if you, you'd be done. You're towing that line, then you're not really doing the com- – like, you're not really doing it. Because isn't – comedy is like a reflection on real life, and you can't do it. It's not the work. Yeah. I, I feel like if you are – going to either turn on a comedy special or go into a comedy show, buy a ticket, you kind of have to drop the whole, like, this will offend, or, like, you know, just, like, be be ready to to, to, to get be to, offended. Yeah. like And, and, and deal with it and laugh funny. about it, and, and that's it. But most people aren't like that nowadays. Yeah. Most people, like, it, it, the, the thing that I find funny about most individuals is, like, they'll attack, but then when you, when you retort or you attack back, then they get offended. Yeah. And and to me that's like the absolute weirdest thing on the planet because you know if you you get mess with the bull you get the horns that used to be the the old saying, so yeah it's one of those things man if you if you go to the comedy show, you go in with the the uh, the thought process that you're gonna laugh and it might be some things that might be a little blue, like they curse and they say certain things that that might be, you know, off topic or might be on topic and a little sensitive. But you're there to laugh. And I, I think the old school comedians, you know, yes, th- there may have been a joke or two that obviously you couldn't do now. But I, I always thought they, like, spread it out. So everyone in the crowd kind of feels one that hits them. But you just let it roll off your back. I just, as I watch some of the old ones, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of the specials lately, I'm like, man, these guys are so much better than what we've got now. It's not even close. Let's go to the phone lines here. We've got T in college. What's up, T? Yeah, times are changing. They are very sensitive, man. Somebody like you can't even watch a man eat a cookie, you know? That's not being sensitive. That's me being – that was more creepy than anything. I know. I'm only playing, man. <laughs> that was more me being <laughs> creepy than anything. <laughs> it's just an opportunity for me to bring it up. I was like, yo, man, how am I going to give you flowers to go tell this story right after I call, man? I was like, come on, you. It was, it was one of my favorite Hughes stories in a while. Just asking yeah, someone, can little, I watch you eat creepy. a cookie? Yeah, it was a little creepy, dog. Oh, it was, man. It was creepy. It was, <laughs> it was creepy. It wasn't right. Yeah, today, we'll leave it. Man. How are y'all doing today? Good, how are you doing team? today, man? What are you thinking? I'm good. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to process today on the Eagles and everything. And I, I'm going to go a little bit all over the place. But I, I just, yeah, you guys said so many things. I just want to touch on. Like, shoot, that Eric the enemy thing. I think, um, you know, when you when you go into a losing program, um, it is really hard to put your foot stamp on that and and really change the overhaul in one season. Let alone he's only the offensive coordinator. So you know, Riverboat Ron's not going to allow him to really imprint, you know, his premise of how to become winners. And I think the narrative that Eric the enemy was maybe not even the mastermind that some might have think he was because it was Andy Reid mm. uh, definitely plays an effect why, like, you know, the offensive uh, personnel didn't really, you know, adhere to Eric the enemy's changes or gotcha. process. Okay. That's, that's my, my input on that. 
Um, and the comedian aspect that you're talking about, I agree. Um, I think a lot of it, too, when I talk, I go to a lot of comedy shows, but when I talk to these comedians um, or listen to their stories or whatever it may be, I think the idea that two-parent households are coming back more and more, so they don't have, like, hardened stories to talk about, they don't have hardened times, and, and you can't even talk about all topics on a, on a taboo basis, I think it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand why they don't, they're not as raunchy as they used to be. But I will say, Joe, maybe you're not invested in it. There are a lot of still raunchy comedians out there. Yeah, maybe I have to just dive into more of them. It just struck me watching some of the older ones. I'm like, what I've seen of the newer ones, they're just not quite as, I don't know, it's like the next generation is not quite as good. But maybe I got got to watch more. What do you think, T? Youth movement or go after free agents? I think you got to have a mix. I think, think, you know, Jeffrey Lurie and and, and Howie Roseman, they realize that, you know, they, they have almost 30 years together in the Eagles organization. And, you know, when you look back on 30 years, the NFL is not easy to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, Jeffrey's only been to three Super Bowls. And in that tenure, you know, he's had Sirianni, Peterson, and Andy Reid. And, 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 and you look at those rosters, uh, it's just a mix. It's not young. It's not old. It's a combination of both. I think the same goes for here because the salary cap only, you know, grants you so much. And the draft process, you know, some players just take longer to come along, like Nolan Smith or Nakobe Dean. It just, it just happens that way. You know, just because you, you draft a player in the first round or the seventh round, it's not always their story. It's not always what they're going to be. Well, that's uh, right. And, and you need to – you're right. And sometimes it takes a few years to know it. You, and here's the thing. you got to know what you have. And that's a big part of it. And, T, we appreciate it. If the Eagles are convicted and they know a guy could play, well, then they got to give him a shot. 215-592-949 for back to the phones – and it's a Wednesday. It's a what-if Wednesday. We'll go through the scenarios on one what-if. Plus, it's a special anniversary today that have, might, might have something to do with all this. 215-592-949 for Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you're a caregiver in the Philadelphia Lehigh Valley areas looking after a loved one, reach out to my friends at Ameribest today. When you call 1-800-HOME-CARE, a live onboarding specialist will assist you in the hiring process. Ameribest offers daily pay, performance bonuses, reward programs, and more to support their caregivers. Let Ameribest take care of you so you can focus on what matters most, caring for your loved one. Call Ameribest today at 1-800-HOME-CARE or visit AmeribestHomeCare.com slash 